Welcome, my name is Roger Quayle, and you are listening to My Life in the Mosh of Ghosts. Hello there, and welcome back to My Life in the Mosh of Ghosts, with me, your host, Roger Quayle, and thank you for joining me. For today's episode, we've got a bit of a cracker. It's a three-band bill at Sheffield University. And it's one of those rare nights where all three bands were playing somewhere near the top of their game. So, let's not hang about. It's Gang of Four, Pairaboo and Delta Five at Sheffield University on Friday the 13th of March, 1981. Here we go. A mid-morning coffee break at the National Coal Board's offices on Queen Street, Sheffield. On the second floor landing, a small queue is forming at the vending machine, proffering 10 pence pieces in exchange for something hot, wet and caffeinated in a plastic cup. You're in that band, aren't you? Clocks something. It's Vanessa from Shipbuilding Redundancies. Oh, hi, Vanessa. Yes, clock DVA. That's it. I saw you in the paper. What's that mean, then? It's Nadsat from A Clockwork Orange. Like Russian. Ooh, Russian. Are you all communists? No, not really. But I do like Arthur Scargill. Vanessa gingerly extracts her beverage from the silver jaws of the dispenser and trots back to her department, her curiosity satisfied. We've had double-page spreads in both the enemy and sounds, but if you really want to arouse the curiosity of your co-workers, nothing works better than two paragraphs in the local rag, The Star. I recount this tale to my musician and student mates in the university's union bar. There's a strong turnout for what promises to be a good night. On the menu is a West Yorkshire agitprop bap with a Midwestern avant-garde filling. Indeed, such is the jollity amongst pals with pints that much of Delta V's set plays out as a grumbling, bass-heavy background throb. When I do break off for a look, I find a nervous-looking quintet huddled close together in front of the backline gear for two other bands. Three girls and two boys setting off on their first full UK tour, which will keep them on the road until Hammersmith Palais at the end of the month. Fellow students and near neighbours from a dozen junctions up the M1, their frangible CND disco tunes find a sympathetic audience. They remind me of a more bookish version of my recent discovery, the Bush Tetris. All I know by Perubu is their overwhelming Hindenburg roar of a single, Final Solution. I bought the Rough Trade 45 last year, blithely unaware it was a reissue of a song originally from 1976. It sounds vital and thrilling, threatening to self-destruct as soon as the needle hits the groove. 
bandmates speak highly of their albums, The Modern Dance and Dub Housing. But apart from the odd track on John Peel, these are records that I've heard about rather than actually heard. As it turns out, this doesn't really matter, as the jaw-flooring Peribu are just a great live band. Another five-piece, dapper in dark suits, white shirts. They could be IBM guys cutting loose after work. The keyboardist has a beard of thick black algae, concentrating on a small synthesizer with a Medusa-like tangle of wiring as he coaxes extraterrestrial sounds from this telephone exchange. Their larger-than-life singer, David Thomas, is a one-man circus. Ringmaster, clown, dancer and magician rolled into one. But his portly frame belies a nimble gracefulness. He glides across the stage as if he is levitating, frictionless, just above the boards. A Michelin man in a wrinkled black suit, bobbing lightly, an unlikely mix of delicate and imposing, just like his chosen nom de plume, Crocus Behemoth. His voice is otherworldly, keening, shrill, a wobbly vibrato. Think Roger Chapman from Family sucking on a helium balloon. Then gibberish, speaking in tongues, clunk from dastardly and muttly made flesh. Jabbering away atop a science fiction soup of space shanties, carny barking and art rock clatter. More deranged than their Ohio neighbours and fellow experimentalists Devo, there must be something in the waters of Lake Erie. This is Perubu's first time in Sheffield, the home of the weird. We worship at the Church of Beef Art. Our tutor is Professor Eno, and we receive this singular, unforgettable band the only way we know how. Welcome, cousins. What took you so long? Perubu soak up our applause and cheers. Positive energy to fuel the flying saucer they must have parked on the roof. Follow that. Just back from a warm-up gig in Belfast, Gang of Four are embarking on their biggest UK tour to date, promoting their Out This Week second album, Solid Gold. Having impressed fans and critics alike with their debut album, Entertainment, a riveting coupling of riffs and real politic, their follow-up is designed to be this gang of fours very own great leap forward. They're signed to EMI, but are intent on subverting the system from within. And I've bought in to their revolutionary argo to the extent that buying At Home He's a Tourist in WH Smith's on Fargate feels like an act of sedition. Creeping funk is a disease spreading at pandemic speed in 1981. All of a sudden, every post-punk band wants to be sly and robby, 
or Bootsy Collins and George Clinton. Leading the UK infatuation with all things punk to funk are the pop group and a certain ratio. In DVA, we're at it as well. Our next single is going to be a funky thumper called Don't Listen to Mother. Determined not to be left behind in this race to the dance floor, Gang of Four have hired top American R&B producer Jimmy Douglas to help them put the chic in apparatchik. While Pear Rubu, coming off a string of European dates, are running like an elaborate Rube Goldberg machine, Gang of Four played their first gig of the year just two nights ago. They are still getting to grips with their new songs, which they play a lot of, and which we the audience don't yet know. Things keep breaking. Roadies changed the snare drum three times in the course of the set. Drummer Hugo Burnham wouldn't look out of place on the cover of a well-thumbed Richard Allen skinhead paperback. To his left stands a strikingly heroic Andy Gill, gold-sprayed Fender Kalashnikov in his hands, looking like a Viktor Ivanov Soviet propaganda poster. Together with bass player Dave Allen, they perform pincer movements around John King, the singer, suited in a muted grey two-piece, a lanky clothes source with aquiline features and tousled hair. They're a smart-looking band, the pleats in their pegs as sharp as their polemics. And I wonder, briefly, if they have a flight case full of Corby trouser presses. With the first two-thirds of their set dominated by new material, mostly funky variations on Wars, Me and Baby Brother, Gang of Four finally hit a run of familiar songs, a Molotov cocktail of Return the Gift and Naturals Not In It from Entertainment, mixed in with the pummeling Geronimo war dance that is the Peel-approved new single, What We All Want. This is indeed what we all want. Gill's fearsome flamethrower guitar scorches us as he makes purposeful Wilco Johnson-esque runs up and down the stage. While John King dances like a dervish, his elastic movements apparently dictated by some unseen drunken puppeteer. This kinetic choreography, combined with their indisputable maul of sound, finally conspires to send us the cheering, belching, boozy mob over the edge into a sweaty ecstasy. I head home for a weekend of hangover management. Gang of Four head for Manchester with London and America on the horizon and a not too distant appointment with the prefixes seminal and legendary. I just wanted to say a few words about Andy Gill. In 2010, I did some work with him. He was producing an album that I was involved in for an Irish band called Fight Like Apes. I was a little bit nervous about meeting Andy because of his enormous musical reputation, but he was just the nicest guy, just a really great guy to work with, full of ideas, full of enthusiasm, and 
also incredibly practical and a great engineer and a fantastic producer. I can't believe that he's actually dead, but rest in peace and thank you Andy for all the great music. You have been listening to My Life in the Mosh of Ghosts with me, your host, Roger Quayle. Thank you to Simon Elliott Kemp for the intro and outro music and to Rena for the artwork. Join me again next time for another episode from My Life in the Mosh of Ghosts. This is Roger Quayle saying thank you and bye-bye. <laughs>